Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. In-depth conversations. Matchup breakdown. Everything a Steelers fan could want. This is Fourth Down in the Steel City with Chris Mack and Josh Taylor. And welcome in to Fourth Down in the Steel City. Be sure, please, please, please be sure that you are following and subscribing to us inside your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts so that you get notified as soon as these new episodes are available. This one exclusively audio, but you know you can get our large episodes on YouTube as well. And I guarantee you, Sunday night, you're going to want to be on 93.7 The Fans YouTube because we will be doing a live edition of Fourth Down in the Steel City on 93.7 The Fans YouTube page, much like we did after Monday night's game against Cleveland. We'll be doing all the post-game breakdown on Steelers Raiders as well. So get us on whatever platform you prefer alongside Josh Taylor. I am Chris Mack and uh, a little a, a little brief reaction to the Mike Tomlin press conference the morning after a big win over the Cleveland Browns. A win that, you know, all the reaction this morning, Josh, that I heard on the air, that I saw on television, that even I got on social media, a win that doesn't necessarily feel much like a win in retrospect. There's been a lot of these, Chris, in the last few years, wins that don't necessarily feel like wins, but this one exceptionally so because the numbers dictate that it doesn't feel like a win. When you get out gained, what was that number? 400 plus to about 255 in total Mm -hmm. yards. When you have negative seven yards in the fourth quarter and somehow you outscore (laughs) the other team's seven to nothing to win the game. 
Yeah, I can see how it doesn't feel like a win. I can see how that might be yeah. the case because the biggest play of the second half came from one of your outside linebackers scoring a touchdown based on a fumble that was caused by your other outside linebacker, who, yeah, by the way, scored the first touchdown of the game with an interception in the first quarter. <laughs> all of this, it all adds up how it doesn't feel like a win because the way you normally win games is that your offense scores points and your defense keeps the other team off the board. Well, in this team's case, their defense scored as many points as their offense, but they actually scored 12 points and kept the other team off the board. So, yeah, it does feel a little bit weird, and it does feel like they actually didn't get a win when their record says otherwise. Yeah, because uh, and the numbers are the first thing, right? Like the num- 4 mm-hmm. of 14, I think, on third downs. You mentioned the yardage difference. Um, through two weeks now, we've got trends that are developing that are a negative on the offensive side and zero big time throws, according to PFF from Kenny Pickett through two weeks, but four turnover worthy plays through two weeks, which is tied for third most in the league. Um, that's just the quarterback, you know, he ranks anywhere from 26th to 30th in a bunch of key quarterback statistical metrics, passer rating, ESPN's QBR, yards per attempt, adjusted yards per attempt, interception and touchdown percentage. We can go all the way down the list. The numbers are bad for the offense as a whole and th- for the quarterback specifically. Um, what And the offensive line has not helped either. I, I, the, the PFF grades, mm. we, we were... We were bouncing those back and forth in our text chain just a couple minutes ago before we jumped on here. And hold on, let me find them because I want to make sure they're accurate when I give them to people. Steelers, Steelers offensive line PFF grades. Um, actually, I don't have those in our text chain. Those were the cornerback PFF grades, but the O line PFF grades aren't any better. I mean, down in the 40s and 50s. I think there may have been a single guy in the 60s in there. Um, the offensive line has been bad. The quarterback has been bad. And the offensive coordinator has somehow, somehow made things worse. Um, And I'll give Mike Tomlin this much credit. He made the mistake of keeping Matt Canada around this offseason. But at least when he's asked about it, unlike their their next door tenants at 3400 South Water (laughs) Street, he does not get whiny and complain about it. He, He owned it on Tuesday talking about how they want their fans to be fat and sassy and spoiled. And that acknowledges more or less to me that he heard the fire Canada chance in the fourth quarter, you know, acknowledging that they've got to be better. Um, That at the very least, it doesn't help us find a solution, but at least I think we're starting to get to the point where this head coach recognizes that this ain't working anymore. I thought cook and Joe did a really good job of putting that out on their show because they're the ones that pick up the Mike Tomlin press conference mm-hmm. when it airs live on 93.7 The Fan. And they talked about this specifically. They said this is the most really in-depth Mike Tomlin has ever really gotten when talking about the offense and the job of the offensive coordinator. And he said some specific things that made sense. He talked about, you know, we have to anticipate the schematics of the other team. You know, we have to, we're not getting the type of fluidity that we want to start. So you got to get our mojo back and play with more confidence. And you and I talked about that last night, mm-hmm. how that mm-hmm. offense was not playing with confidence. I, I even yep. made the joke from Moneyball. He, he lacks confidence. <laughs> that offense lacks confidence right now. A whole it's bunch of pretty, Scott Hattiebergs out there. A whole <laughs> lot of Scott Hattiebergs in the field right now. And it, it looked like that. And it, it's now, I'm, I'm going to say, we'll get a little bit more into detail, you know, as far as, you know, all the things that are going wrong throughout the course of the week as we get ready for Vegas. Mm-hmm. But 
Mike Tomlin went into really great detail. And there's another thing that he said that caught my attention when he was asked about it. He said, he said, we're not going to get, make the knee jerk reactions, but we do acknowledge that two is a path. Yeah. yeah. That said enough to me. And that for me, that's the second week in a row at his press conference where Mike Tomlin has sent a message to somebody. You I know, thought he said it last week to Presley Harvin when he said, look, our kicking game was terrible and put us in a bad position. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention it. He yeah. went out of his way to mention that part. Then he says, we acknowledge that two is a pattern and it has our attention. Then he says later on, I'm, I'm, I don't get frustrated by it because I'm part of the process. In other words, that, that says two things to me. One, it says, I'm paying attention to what's going on and I see that this isn't working. And the second thing is, hey, dude, your contract's up at the end of the season. So right. And at the end of the day, I still decide what happens here. That yeah. it, and it, he doesn't do that often, but he was a lot more pointed. And he's one of those guys that keep things in-house and he keeps things private. But every once in a while, he'll drop you a hint for someone that needs to hear it. Yeah, and, it's, and in his case, it's usually pretty, as much as it's a hint, like you point out, it's also pretty obvious because we're used mm -hmm. to the way he speaks about things and the way yep. he will work around things when he speaks about them. Um, this was very clearly being disappointed with the way things have gone through two weeks, despite the defenses that they faced and all the other, anything you want to throw on top as a qualifier. He does not like what he's seen. I found the O-line PFF grades through two weeks that I was looking for. You ready? Yep. I'll go from best to worst. Hmm. Uh-oh. James Daniels, 47.6. He has been awful. That doesn't surprise me. He's been bad. Chooks for 46.8. And I don't think that takes into account jumping uh, jumping off multiple times every week. Yep. Uh, Mason Cole, 44.8. I saw him in Kenny Pickett's and Najee Harris's laps multiple times last he night. He was. He was. Isaac Sayamalu, who was supposed to come in and be that big, nasty road grader, that Bronson Reed type for all the wrestling fans out there who just comes nice. in and wrecks shop because he's so much bigger and stronger and nastier than everybody else. 42.0. And the worst, the worst. Steelers offensive line PFF grade through the first two weeks of the year, thanks to Josh Roundtree, our colleague from 93.7 The Fan, for tweeting these out. Dan Moore Jr., 23.0. Um... That's not Ooh. good. And with Broderick Jones just sitting there chomping at the bit, much the same way Joey Porter Jr. through the first game and a half was chomping at the bit and finally got some snaps at the end of the game. I, I'll, I'll be honest. This is another thing where Mike Tomlin needs to show that, hey, I will be patient almost to a fault, but almost to a fault. Because when my patience wears out, it is going to not just wear out. It is going to bottom out. And when I am done with you, Dan Moore Jr. or Chuk Sakura 4, Broderick Jones is going to be plugged in and not going to go anywhere. And when I am done with you, Levi Wallace, who we talked plenty about in the postgame last night, I am going to be done with you in a big way, and Joey Porter Jr. is going to take over. You didn't go and get those guys where you got them in order to watch them sit on the sideline and look at the guys ahead of them on the depth chart get absolutely worked. And that's what's happened through the first two games. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. 
Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's, it's the same situation in both position groups. Mm-hmm. It's the same situation. You just talked, you just laid out the grades for the whole offensive line. And was anybody above a 50? Nope. No one was above a 50? Like, really? Mm-mm. I mean, that's Mm-mm. you almost got five blue Tarskis right now up front. That's bad. <laughs> but it, you know, from that same standpoint, and I agree with you. We talked about this last night, both in our group chat, and I talked about it on the postgame show. I'm to the point where it, it's Project Jones time for me. I'm ready yeah. for it. I, I've I've seen all I need to see. And that's not saying that Dan Moore Jr. played that bad of a game last night, but because I, I thought as far as at least Keeping Miles Garrett from killing Kenny Pickett, he did that well. Like Miles Garrett didn't show up on the stat sheet, but he still made an impact. He still, I think, affected Kenny Pickett's decision making. Kind of like Nick Bosa didn't really show up on the stat sheet against San right. Francisco, but he right. still affected Kenny Pickett's decision making. I think that plays a role. And at this point, how much worse in pass protection can Broderick Jones be? But yeah. I'll also say this much: I'll bet he's better as far as run blocking is too, and that is the more important thing right now. Because yeah. even if you're talking about what we discussed about, you know, maybe bringing Kenny Pickett along slowly and not putting everything on him right now, you still need your run game to do that. And you're not even getting that on a consistent basis. Broderick Jones on that left side, preferably with Darnell Washington next to him. And let's see this run game get back on track. You got to do whatever it takes at this point because you got three games before the bye. Another one is a division game. One's coming up on a short week on Sunday night football and you got Houston in between, but you can't go into the bye week this year in the same position you were in last year. Yeah. You, 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 these two games, next two games are eminently winnable. I understand one yeah. is on the road uh, against the Vegas team that probably isn't as trash as some people would try to lead you to believe that. And again, it's, it's a Western, it's a Western trip. It's a, it's a Sunday night game, all these things that we could throw on as qualifiers. So you never know, mm-hmm. but you should win these next two games. You should, should be three and one going into the Ravens game. We said we had this exact conversation last night. Dan Moore Jr., out of 71 offensive tackles who have played in the NFL through the first two weeks of this season, is ranked dead last oh. in run blocking, oh. dead last in pass blocking. That's dead reason enough for last me. Last overall. That's reason enough for me. It, it's only been two games. Yep. He's been starting for what, two whole seasons? It's time. And this is what you do in the first two games of your third season as a starter in the NFL. I've seen enough. Yep. Seen enough. Chooks, Chooks, for what it's worth, is out of those 71 tackles, 61st <laughs> in both run blocking and overall blocking, so, according to PFF. So, so Chooks isn't winning to borrow a, a Roland Presbaluski line. He's not winning. He's just <laughs> losing more slowly, is what you're yes, telling me. Exactly. Jeez, so, so and, and, and here's the thing. Kenny's struggling. Kenny's one of the worst quarterbacks in the league through two weeks. The offensive line has been the worst in the league through the first two weeks. And the offensive coordinator has done nothing to help them. So yeah. here, here we are. That's the offensive side of the ball. 
The defensive side of the ball, I, I mean, I, I, there's not much we can complain about other than the fact that I worry about these injuries catching up yes. to them. They are starting to pile up. And, you know, Mike Tomlin even said it, I believe, that they did have some issues early on in the run game. If not for Nick Chubb getting hurt, we're probably talking about a different football game. And, and certainly oh, yeah. I think a, a, a different outcome is very possible. They were getting eaten up in the run game early on. Now, they got Chubb, eaten up later on, too. <laughs> true, true. One big fat run, right, that nearly changed the game or did change the game that wasn't the, the defensive moment. front's fault, though, in, in fairness. No. That big yeah. run wasn't the defensive front's fault, and neither was the big run the week before. They but these injuries these injuries piling up, like a Landon Roberts, sounds mm. like it was, okay, if it's just a stinger and it's just a temporary thing, sounds mm. like he'll be back. Cole Holcomb, I thought, played a little bit better inside in the run game. Quan Alexander the run game and the pass game. Yeah, Quan uh, Alexander seemed to be getting sideline to sideline a good bit in the second half. Um, it's more about no Cam. Don't know about Minka, although fingers crossed, knock on wood, um, he'll end up being ready for Sunday. But as the fact things, that they said he was in the training room is actually a good sign too. Yes, that he's absolutely. out of the hospital in the training room, probably getting treatment. I, I like hearing that. That's a great sign. But all of these things piling up, man, they're, they're little things that pile up and pile up and pile up. And eventually the Jenga tower falls over. And this defense with the propensity it's shown to give up big runs each of the first two weeks, they're always going to be right on that razor's edge of, do they make more big plays than they give up? And if they don't make more big plays than they give up, then it's quite obvious the offense isn't going to be able to bail them out. Well, there's two things I'll put in as far as that. One thing I'll talk about is what we mentioned in the lead up to this game. We talked about can TJ Watt carry this defense? And he proved that he could. Both he and mm -hmm. Alex, Alex Highsmith. And Alex Highsmith, I think, stepping up into that role with no Cam Hayward, you need Alex Highsmith to be playing the way he played last night. And I thought he did a fantastic job. So, yeah, I thought TJ Watt answered that question. Can I carry this defense? Sure, I've done it before. I've helped this defense win games before in spite of this offense. And he showed it again uh, against Cleveland last night. Against Cleveland last night, And I thought Alex Highsmith gave him a couple really big assists there. The second thing is, and Mike Tomlin talked about this, he talked about, you know, Elijah Riley and Keanu Neal and DeMonte KZ, and he said he really appreciated their efforts. And Elijah Riley, to his credit, you know, gets pushed, gets thrust into this game after Micah Fitzpatrick goes down and comes up with a big play in the fourth quarter to get Deshaun Watson. So uh, get him, and, and on, I think it was on a third down, he actually got that sack. Yeah. So that was mm -hmm. a big play, too. So, yeah, you got guys that are being thrust into these roles, and it, it, it helped you get by for a day. Yeah. But now the other teams got time to figure out how they can beat you. They've got time yeah. to figure out what your weaknesses are, and now they can scout for you and plan for you accordingly. So sooner or later, as you said, you know, some of these things are going to pile up. And if there's anything they can do to keep that pile from getting too high, from, you know, trying to at least stem the tide or work around it, I think that helps them on defense. And they have to do something because if you're trusting this offense to bail you out, that ain't happening anytime soon. Yeah. They're, 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 uh, the offense from 10 years ago ain't walking through that door. The killer no. bees ain't walking through that door. If I'm if I'm paraphrasing, um, if I'm ah, if I'm paraphrasing Rick Patino when he was in Boston, you know, Le'Veon Bell ain't walking through that door. You know? No. And I don't know so how valuable that, they'd be saying. at this point anyway. Uh, one last thing I wanted to touch on before we wrap up this quick reaction to the Mike Tomlin Tuesday press conference. I wanted to bring it up last night, and I realized as soon as we were done, and we all immediately went uh, to our respective places to pass out for the night and catch a couple <laughs> hours of ease. Um, exactly. And I thought about it again, as I was listening to him asked about it this morning, 
Mike Tomlin's got to do something about his challenges. Uh, he's won one, and it was last night since 2020. He is still, Josh, he's still watching the big board at the end of Heinz mm. Field to try and figure out if he's going to make challenges or not. That's not going to work. He talked about when Terrell Austin came in, Austin would be used up in the booth to kind of help him with that. Uh-uh. Yeah. You need a dedicated person. I don't care who it is. You need a dedicated person who tells you, buzzes into your ear, hey, coach, yeah, no, drop the flag. We we got to challenge this one. Or, no, no, coach, we don't have the angle. There's no angle on this one. We, they need Andy. Right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They, uh. they need somebody. They need Andy Saucier, Kevin Roach, whoever it may yeah. be, somebody to work as his consultant in the booth. The fact that he continues to refuse to do that is so incredibly frustrating because he openly admitted he was asked about, and I apologies, I can't remember who asked him about it. I think it might have been Kabali today. Asked mm. him about the the look that they got on the scoreboard didn't show enough. And Mike Thomas just like, yeah, well, you know, that's the look I got on the scoreboard. Man, yeah, come cool. on. You're going to be a Hall of Fame NFL head coach someday. You are going into the Hall of Fame. And yes, this is like the, this is a huge blind spot in his resume is that he refuses to acknowledge that he needs a replay coordinator up in the booth. And it, it's it's frustrating because for every one of I should say for every one because we he only had the one, but that challenge <laughs> he got la- the one he got right last night on the fumble by Deshaun Watson, right? That was fantastic because yeah. the problem is. You could not see in the replays that the TV broadcast was showing. You didn't see the ball hit the ground and Larry Ogunjobi recover the fumble. They really mm-hmm. didn't pay attention to it because Joe Buck and Troy Aikman weren't even talking about whether we or not were he sitting fumbled. there texting each other saying, "How? What, what's going on? What is he doing?" They assumed that Deshaun Watson had recovered the fumble, but then you see him get up and walk away, and no one noticed. Hey, wait a minute! He walked away and didn't have the ball in his hand. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, because Larry Ogunjobi had it. That part he nailed it. Got that one absolutely right because. He saw something that pretty much damn near everybody that was watching at home or in the booth didn't see. Right. But then there's the other one. And he was asked about that one. And he said, you know, and the and we talked about this. I'm like, I understand the premise of it, but I don't think they can prove it. And he said, you know, I thought he didn't have possession of the ball when he got the feet down, or at least when he got the first foot down. Yeah. But my thing was, and this is this is where what you're saying comes into play. You need somebody that can get a better look at it and say, you know what? I don't think they're going to overturn this one or we don't have a good enough look at it. Yes. Because even if what he's saying may be true, and we talked about this when the first one happened. I'm like, I like the theory behind it, but I don't know if they can prove it. Little did we know it was something completely different that he saw that we didn't see. Exactly. But everything sounds great in theory, but the problem is with this replay system, they have to find something that they could absolutely use to overturn it that's you know irrefutable evidence clear and and irrefutable exactly and it wasn't clear and irrefutable the second time around and that's what you're saying comes into play because it is a problem when you can't determine that before the decision comes down and that cost them a timeout in the second half that they might have needed if things had gone differently if if alex highsmith and tj watt had not saved everybody's bacon he was going to need that timeout and he didn't have it because he doesn't have somebody coordinating the replays up in the booth. It's something to continue to watch as the things progress uh, throughout this season. Obviously, we're going to talk a lot about the offense throughout the week. And as we build up towards Steelers Raiders on Sunday night, as I mentioned over and over again, because we want you to make sure you do it, be sure to subscribe or follow the podcast. However you get it inside your Odyssey app or Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, however you get it. 
Make sure to subscribe so you get new episodes as soon as they're available. And go get the video editions as well on YouTube. Uh, just search 93.7 The Fan, and you can click on the little notification button there to get the video versions as well. This is an audio-only edition. We will have video for you again throughout the rest of the week leading up to Steelers-Raiders on Sunday night alongside Josh Taylor for Greg Finley producing. We'll talk to you again real soon right here on 4th Down in the Steel City.